0: I'm your host, Jeremy Demerchant, and today I want to talk about something um, that kind of came up recently. We are in trade show season. Uh, Tis the season, tis the holidays, and trade shows, thankfully, are back. Uh, This time last year, there were no such thing as trade shows, um, so I'm glad they're back. They're in full force, and um, one of my other businesses is one that works very well with the trade show space. And so I found myself at the trade show um, with a buddy of mine who was in a sales role for me. Now, in the trade show space, uh, I've been doing it for a long, long time. My dad, you may or may not know, does amazing wood carvings. And uh, check him out, woodcarvingnb.ca. My dad, Scott DeMerchant. Phenomenal wood carvings. And so I grew up doing these trade shows every year almost. I remember I was 10 years old at the Forestry Complex in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And uh, I was standing at the booth with, with my dad, going through, learning the stories and, and, and getting the vibe down. Um, and next episode, I'm probably going to talk a little bit more about that and the flow and the process. And we have a whole other episode from a couple of years back now uh, where we interviewed um, two total rock stars whose family actually runs trade shows. Uh, and they, they run trade shows as well. So uh, be sure to check that out. I'll see if I can put that episode number in the notes what I want to talk about today is the salesperson's favorite. And maybe you're asking, what the heck does that mean? Salesperson's favorite. What? <laughs> well, when it comes to the salesperson and whatever their favorite thing is, because here, here, here's the deal, and I want to make sure this is really clear, and it doesn't matter whether you're at a trade show or you're in telephone sales, face-to-face sales, it doesn't matter. The salesperson will sell the thing they like the best, the thing they know the best, the thing they believe in the best, okay? Sales is easy when you believe in what you're selling. And if you don't believe in what you're selling, then you're gonna struggle. And so naturally, if you've got a salesperson that has multiple options, the ideal scenario is that based on the person and their needs, they can assess um, and, and give the best recommendation. But there's always a bit of a personal bias so for example, um, the, the, one of the other companies that I have is uh, a Beard Balm company. So Beard Balm, Beard Wash, um, Beard Care. It's, a, it's called King's Own Reserve Premium Grooming Goods. And uh, I co-own this with my business partner in Ottawa. And so this is what we were at the show for. And when it came to the Beard Balm, there was three different scents. And there was one scent that my sales guy loved. Like, he's like, this is my favorite no matter what. And he just, he loves it. And that's great. We all have our preference, right? My favorite was a different one. But he was in the role that was mainly out front and doing the sales. And it was interesting to see because there's a couple of things that we did with this setup. Um, and I'll talk about those again in, in maybe next week's episode because it's still trade show season next week too. But uh, the key thing that we did was I just let him go and, and talk about what he likes. And so as people were going through the three options, people would take a smile and go, oh, okay, well, and they smell it. And, and I would say, okay, hey, this, that one's my wife's favorite. And then they go to the next one and Steve would say, hey, well, that's my favorite. And the other one, I'll say, okay, that's a very a classic scent in the beard space. And although it may have been a few things, it may have been the fact that Steve, the guy, uh, you know, the because my the suggestion that I was making around one particular brand said it was my wife's favorite and that might not have connected as well to the audience as well as as, um, Steve saying this is my favorite and he and I are standing there with beards right I didn't say which was my favorite um, for most of it but I found that the one that was Steve's favorite was the one that sold out first okay so as far as beard balm goes with the same amount of each product his favorite sold out first, uh, my wife's favorite, which is also my favorite, sold out second. And in different contexts, uh, these beard my, our beard bombs have been sold um, in shops in Ottawa for years. Um, and in the shop situation, it's a very different environment. The one that sold out last, actually, we didn't sell out. we had six units left. Um, the one that didn't sell out is the one that in the barbershop setting would actually sell more. So it's very interesting um, in where the one that was my favorite and my wife's favorite uh, doesn't sell much at all in the actual barbershop setting. And so I got thinking about it and realized that if your salesperson likes something, there's no way that you can dismiss that bias. Now that doesn't mean that they'll ever sell something to someone that they don't need. Um, Steve's not like that. My sales guy, I'm not like that. You know, we want to make sure it's a good fit, but All things being equal, if we've got three very similar products, the only difference really is the scent, then sharing your opinion on what's your favorite is absolutely going to impact. And so I saw that even as we ran out of stock um, in the one that was his favorite and then the one that was my wife's favorite and also my favorite, as we ran out of stock in those ones, we stopped saying which was our favorite um, eventually. Now, before we did that, before we stopped saying which was our favorite, because I wanted to sell the stock that we had, uh, but it was there was so much momentum going with the sales we were making from the ones that were our favorites that we eat, once we ran out of stock, we had to go online and started selling through our website. Okay, You can check out that website, KingsOwnReserve.com. You want to check it out. Um, servicing only Canada at the moment. We're going to fix that soon, but right now just Canada. Um, and... And so there was still that push. So we had to like put on the brakes, stop talking about which was our favorite so that people weren't leaning towards something we were out of stock on and uh, we're, we're choosing something that, that we did have. Now there were still some that said, no, you know what? I like the other ones better. And that's fine. But it made me very aware of the influence that we had. So if we're, we're looking at it saying, Hey, this is my favorite. And we obviously don't want to mislead people. We don't lie to anybody. So I'm not going to say that this other, you know, the third version is my favorite. If it's not, I won't do that. It probably wouldn't hurt anybody. But I'm not going to do it because it's dishonest and I don't play like that. And and Steve's the same way. So instead, I can say, you know, this is a very typical, uh, you know, scent in the beard space. It's when um, we we call it backwards. Uh, but, but it's a common one. So the the influence the the mindset of what you like what your salesperson likes whatever the conversation is whoever's having that conversation it's so vital okay I will sell what I like know and trust okay we talk about people working with selling to buying from who they like know and trust but I've never heard anybody talk about how salespeople will sell the product or service that they like know and trust but they will they will always lean that way now knowing that in this Beard balm example, the difference in scents don't really matter. Like, no product is better or worse than the other. So, it's fine to be able to, you know, sell one that isn't an individual person's favorite. No big deal. But I want you to think about how does your salesperson's preference coincide with your sales process? Okay. That's really a key piece that I want you to consider. Um, because it might disalign. It might be out of alignment. What if your salesperson really likes your low-end offer, but you have him or her selling a medium-level offer? And the reason that they like that low-end offer is because that's where they are. Um, in the sales space, or I mean, any kind of business space, you'll actually hear people talk about um, you know, how you can't sell something for $10,000 if you personally haven't purchased something for $10,000. I don't think that's entirely true. But the idea is bang on. I can't sell you something I don't believe in. Now, I don't need to believe that it's right for me, but I do need to believe it's right for you. And so when we're looking at our sales reps, we're building on our sales teams, we need to be very clear on selling our sales rep on exactly who is the right fit for each of our products or services. Okay? With the beard bomb stuff, it's incidental. It doesn't matter. Um, doesn't impact the business really one way or the other because we have the same margins on all the products, um, or at least on all those. So it's, it's fine. But if that's not the case for you, if you've got a service that makes you more money, if you have a group coaching program that you love, um, that you have, it's very scalable, doesn't take up much of your time, then you've got high one-on-one coaching, uh, but you've got limited time and it's a higher ticket price. You know which one do you want the person to be focusing on? It make it really clear on who, who, which program is for, or who each program is for. If you don't, if your salesperson doesn't believe, and this is very much back to the episode I did not too long ago with drinking the Kool Aid, right? They need to drink the Kool Aid, but drink the Kool Aid in context. What is the context that you want to give them around the Kool Aid? Yes, we are our company is amazing, our products are great. It's going to change people's lives. Awesome, and they got to believe that. Just because there might be another product out there that you have that's maybe comparable in some way doesn't mean when someone comes up to you and could be a potential customer that you say, oh, wait, ABC company has a better version, right? Because they'll probably never engage with ABC company. Okay. You don't need to be the absolute best in all the fields. You need to be clear on who you're best for. And you need to communicate that to your sales rep. You need to have them know, hey, you know what? We have a killer program. It doesn't have to be the best in the world because there's always somebody better. Okay, if you're if, if you're a sales rep watching this video right now and you're going I work for a company and the products are good but there's other companies that have better products here's the deal I want you to take the time to sell yourself on your own products because I bet there's someone that your product's an even better fit for than the competitor's product and if not then maybe you should go sell the other person's products to you know to be honest with you but you need to talk to to yourself sell yourself on the value of having it having that product in the hands or, you know, that's metaphoric in uh, in some circumstances, but getting your product or service in the hands of people that it can help. You're not comparing yourself to the competition. You're comparing yourself to where they are now without your product, okay? But when you have a choice, back to managers, VPs, CEOs, okay? When your sales rep has a choice between which product to sell, Make sure they are very, very clear on who is the right fit for each, and make sure they believe, okay, they need to believe. I have clients that have products as high as two million dollars. I have clients that um, I mean I've even got a product that's ninety seven dollars a month right now. okay, so there's a range um, i can I can go anywhere as long as we're really clear on who is the best fit for what, okay? So I wanted to bring that up. Um, I'm guessing in your business, there's a good chance that your sales reps preference is a little bit more important than which scent is better, which scent they like more. Um, and when I say important, I mean greater impact on your business model. So just be very, very aware. What's what's the product or service that they like to sell? And find out, ask your sales reps, hey, what's your favorite? Why? All right, in what situation would you recommend that over the other ones? And find out. Because if you don't know, and you're not listening to the calls, then you're going to lose out. You're going to you're gonna have your sales reps behaving out of alignment with what your business model is supposed to be. So be really, really careful with that. And I encourage you to just sit down and have a conversation with them. What's your favorite? Why do you like it? How come? Uh, I guess that's the same question. <laughs> um, who... You know, what situation would you recommend this? What situation would you recommend that? Ask these questions because if you're not already listening to your, your team's calls, your recorded calls or whatever, you don't have a clue what's going on except seeing the final numbers. And there might be a huge opportunity where someone is underselling what they could, which means they're not doing the proper um, service to your customers, right if they're, if they're selling a product that's below the actual level of need, because that's what they personally think is better. They don't understand the real value of the higher level, then we got to fix that. Okay. Find out where the biases are. It's fine to have biases, they exist all over the place, but you need to know about them. Okay. If you come to me as my manager, let's say, we said, Jeremy, which one of these do you like? Why do you like it? And I want to tell you. And maybe I'm missing a key piece as to why I would recommend somebody, um, you know, like in my programs, for example, um, I've got a program that's $100,000 a year. And I've got a program that's $30,000 a year. Well, maybe there's a key piece that a sales rep might miss about the difference in value between the $30,000 and the $100,000. Because if you're talking just numbers, clearly $30,000 has got to be better, right? Because it's cheaper. Well, no. For the right people, the $100,000 is better because there's more value. There's more impact. There's greater results. So get really, really clear on those pieces and make sure your sales rep knows it because otherwise you're going to be suffering from this internal bias that your sales rep has, especially if they don't understand. And your sales results, your bottom line, your quarterly numbers are purely going to base be based on your salesperson's favorite. That's it. Okay guys, hope this was helpful. Love to see the comments below make sure you like subscribe. Um, and, and if you want to book, a strategy session with yours truly to see if you are ready for some support in building out your own sales team. Go to salesteamrescue.com. We will be here next week at, man, my brain's not working today. <laughs> we'll be here next week at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on Headspace TV. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.